Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. We were just saying, it feels like we've not recorded in like a month. We literally, we took a week off because yeah, it was the 4th of we July. We took the 4th of July <laughs> off. That was it. it's like that the world it. has ended. I felt empty last week. I, I was did. like, man. And Tuesday I came around. It was like nine o'clock on the Tuesday. And I was like, I should be doing we something. We should be recording right I now. <laughs> but we're making up for it with a super fun, super interesting, super research packed, of yes. course, episode about aloe vera. Right? What? What the heck? What in Why? the world? Is it just because we like the plant? Is it just because we have a bad sunburn? No. Surprise, surprise, aloe vera juice can help your pelvic floor problems, and we're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of wanted to start off just like a little bit about why. So aloe vera juice and just like the aloe plant in general, and this is like long term has been known, right? You put aloe on a sunburn, right? Because it helps those skin tissues. Those skin cells are all over your body, inside and outside, baby. And so all through that digestive tract and through the bladder, the esophagus, the stomach, the intestines, all of those skin cells are the same skin cells that you would find on the outside, just a little bit different. It's more of that like mucosal skin, but it's still skin. And so that's why we have relevance here with aloe plant. So interestingly enough, I found this really cool article it's from the evaluation of the nutritional and meta- nutritional and metabolic effects of aloe vera so it's chapter 3 in some journal but aloe has been around the use of aloe has been around for like a really really long so time long. yeah the first authentic record of aloe plant with healing properties is accredited to a mesopotamian clay tablet dated at 2100 BCE. What? Yeah. And then it goes on to say, however, the first detailed depiction of the plant's medicinal value is found in the papyrus ebers in an Egyptian document dated around 1550 BCE. That is so cool. Clay tablets. That is so cool. Like, I think I said papyrus. It's pap. I said that wrong. Either way. You know, I was going to go with like, it. I don't know how to I pronounce that wrong, word, so I, I was going to trust you. I'm like not an ancient scholar. Either way, like clay tablets and... That is so cool. I was going to say, because I found yeah. wound healing evidence as early as like the early 1800s. Oh, no. Uh, but I didn't find anything. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I just and thought I that always was think that that just lends so much credence to the properties and to the effect. Oh, my microphone just <laughs> tipped over. Uh, but it lends so much credence to the effectiveness of some of these treatments where it's like okay this has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years like there obviously there is something here there is something to this so I think that is so cool that's awesome one one more on clay tablet yeah the aloe vera plant is described in detail in the Greek herbal of Diosocrates and it is used for the for the treatment of wounds hair loss, genital ulcers, and hemorrhoids. Aloe vera was officially listed as a skin protectant 
in 1820. So it's been That's around really for cool. like a really long time. That's but like a very long time. Ancient, biblical, Egyptian, Mediterranean, Assyrian times. This stuff was Literally. around, especially for topical use, which is what it's probably the most well known for. Like we said, burns, topical use. However, we've got new research coming out that says it may do the same thing on the inside yes. that it does on the outside. Beautiful. Beautiful. So the aloe plant is a succulent plant and it grows in tropical and semi-tropical climate all around the world. Really easy house plant. House plant. Um, it has an estimated market value of $13 billion globally. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. $13 billion. So a little bit about the structure of the plant, just because it's going to play a role in how we can extract um, some of these properties, what we use them for. Each little leaf or each like stem pointy part contains three layers, the rind, the latex, and the gel. So the rind, that's that outer layer. It's very, very starchy, kind of like the rind of a watermelon. Um, and then we have the outer leaf pulp or the latex, and this is bitter yellow sap, basically. We do not want the latex of the plant doesn't really have much use. The actual inside of the plant or the gel, um, that's that's the gold. That's the that's where that's what we want. And it is made of 95% water, uh, but it has a ton of lipids, amino acids, sterols, vitamins, and glucomannas. Um, I forgot to look that up, but I'm assuming that it's a good thing. Um, but it is basically like that's where that's where everything is. That's where all of those properties are going to be is on the inside of the gel of the plant. And so when you have a burn, right, you cut off a little stem, a little piece of that leaf, rub it on with the gel. So that glucomannan, that's just fiber. Oh, wonderful. So dietary fiber. Beautiful. And looky there, that's going to be exactly what we talk <laughs> about here in a little bit. So there are a lot of effects. It's an emollient, meaning that it can soften and soothe the skin. We've got anti-inflammatory properties, uh, antimicrobial. I did find that it was a little bit of an aphrodisiac as well. Uh, antifungal, antioxidants. It's got cosmetic uses. And of course, it has bladder and gastrointestinal benefits as well. Looking through the chemical composition of this plant, dear Lord, there are so many things in an aloe plant that you would not expect. With for it to be 95% water, it's like, how is there this much in there? This is coming from a an article called A Comprehensive Overview of Functional and Rheological Properties of Aloe Vera and Its Application in Foods. This is written by Sonawain et al. And this was published in April of 2021 in the Journal of Food Science and Technology. So in, the, in this aloe plant, we've got fatty acids, phytochemicals, anthraquinones, carbohydrates, chromones, enzymes, vitamins A, C, E, B1, B2, B6, B12, choline, and folic acids. We've got the minerals calcium, sodium, chlorine, zinc, iron, potassium, copper, and magnesium. We've got amino acids. We've got proteins, saccharides, sterols, and hormones. Like we've got like everything everything in this plant and because of that that is where we get a lot of these properties um the antioxidants the anti it has anti-diabetic properies that's which, what i yes. just have yes. yes yes so if you want to get into that because i 
because that blew my mind that blew my mind yeah that I could have done a whole episode on that I tried to keep it short or just I but yeah they did some studies and what's interesting is it's actually been used in a lot of other parts of the world like the Latin America the Arabian Peninsula in the treatment of type 2 diabetes or diabetes mellitus yep so what they found what they found is there are hypoglycemic or blood sugar lowering effects mm-hmm. to ingesting aloe yeah which is i thought was crazy Isn't that crazy yeah it can increase crazy, that insulin crazy, sensitivity crazy. so research is a little iffy on that it's getting better um but definitely something worth like talking to your doctor about um especially you know with a diagnosis of diabetes, the biggest things that we preach are diet and lifestyle changes. Um, and so this can definitely be a really easy way to kind of add in, um, a good, a good property for you to help to increase that insulin sensitivity, um, and potentially lower some of those blood sugar levels. So we've got, because of all of these things, these are just some of the things that aloe vera juice can do. It's a laxative, anti-diabetic, anti-inflammatory, boosts metabolism, decreases skin swelling, helps with tooth and bone formation, helps with muscle repair, nervous system function, oxygen transport, nutrient delivery, antibacterial properties, has essential fatty acids, help boosts immunity, regulation of metabolic activities, repair and rebuilding of muscles, collagen synthesis, DNA synthesis, skin barrier function, and wound healing. So with that, they've actually found, and this is an older study and there's not a ton of studies on this, but they found that it actually can help prevent the spreading of metastatic cancer. So they only looked at 24, in this study I found, they looked at 24 patients and of those 24 patients, 12 of them, and they did it compared to a control group, but they actually had their, that disease process stabilize. And there was a higher percentage of individuals surviving one year with the aloe vera usage. Now, again, there's not a ton of research on this. And because this study, they looked at people who like, the standard therapy was not available because you're not just going to substitute chemotherapy for aloe vera. Wow. So I thought that was interesting. That's too. really cool. That's very, really very cool. Some of those antioxidant and antibacterial properties are coming from the polyphenols that are in this plant, which can inhibit growth of certain bacteria that can cause infections, not only externally, but internally as well. Um, Research has shown that it can help to reduce wound healing time by about nine days. nine days and it prevents any sort of redness itching and infections it can reduce a dental plaque and tooth decay as well because of all of the calcium and uh, like the vitamins and everything the choline and the folic acid and we've got the zinc and the iron and potassium and calcium and everything like that Um, and our favorite part it can help with constipation which is just the most wonderful thing in the entire world. Um, some of the properties, it's called aloin, I think, is is what it's called. This 
property, um, which is actually a well-established laxative. Like that has been around for a mm-hmm. long, long period of time. Um, and the there the article that kind of kicked all this off um, that we kind of came across. Uh, it's called aloe vera is effective and safe in short-term treatment for irritable bowel syndrome, a systematic review and meta-analysis. And this is published by Hong et al. in October of 2018 in the Journal of Neurogastroenterology and Motility. And so basically this was a meta-analysis. So you know how much we love those. They looked at all of the randomized control trials that were done on aloe vera juice, looking at constipation symptoms and comparing, seeing what that actual result was. Um, And so it basically confirmed that aloe vera is very effective um, to get relief from some of those IBS symptoms. Now, more research definitely needs to be done. All of these studies that they included in that meta-analysis were looking at more short-term effects, not necessarily long-term effects. But because we have these properties that are an established laxative, one, you're getting it from a more natural source, which I think helps a lot. I know a lot of people definitely feel more comfortable with that. Like, okay, I'm not just, you know, pumping my body full of medications, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful option. It's a little bit more natural. It's a little bit more gentle as well, rather than just like down in the dulk lax, just because you haven't pooped in a day. Um, And so drinking this aloe vera juice and having that established over time can really help to regulate that bowel and help to I kind of just think of it like it basically just slicks down the digestive system you know it's it kind of gives us that um kind of that slipperiness inside of the digestive tract which can help to just keep things moving on top of all of the other properties that make it uh make it a, a well-established laxative. It helps with that motility. It helps with that digestion. And again, you get all of these lovely vitamins and minerals and anti-inflammatories and everything that goes along with it. What's really interesting too, I have been like recommending this to pelvic floor patients for a really long time because this is something Alita, our boss had told me about. Because it contain aloe contains vitamins B1, B2, C, E, magnesium, calcium, zinc, all of that, and that's going to help nourish healthy cells. And then it's got those polysaccharides, the fatty acids, all of these other things. And what that does is it helps to relieve the inflammation and decrease sensations of pain in the bladder. Yes. So for a long time, I was recommending this to patients for their bladder. Yep, because, and the way I described it to him is, you know, how if you have an irritated, painful burn on the outside, well, that's what aloe does to your bladder. Turns out it'll do the same thing to your intestines yep, yep. too. If they're irritated, if they're inflamed, if nothing's moving, it just helps move helps things right along. It's fantastic. And it was funny too, because, uh, I've been drinking it myself. I've literally been drinking it every single day for probably two years now, I think year and a half ish. Um, because my coach actually has me drinking it as part of, you know, I take a green shake every single morning. Um, and that also has like magnesium in it as well. Um, and so when he sent me like my new, like plan, my new food plan, there was aloe vera juice. And I texted him and I was like, okay, like everything looks great, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but like why aloe vera juice? I was like, cause I'm, I'm really curious. Like we recommend that to patients that have like bladder pain, especially interstitial cystitis. Mm-hmm. 
but I was like, but like, why? I don't have bladder pain. Like, what's going on? And he was like, no, there's actually phenomenal research supporting its use for, um, you know, constipation and digestion. And when, you know, when you're a bodybuilder, you're pretty much eating the same thing, same exact thing every single day. Um, and especially getting towards closer and closer towards a show when you're getting leaner and leaner and leaner and eating less and less and less. Sometimes your body is just like, nope, we're going to hang on to every single last bit of food that we possibly can. And constipation is a real problem. The closer that you get to a show and so he's like if we can keep your digestive system just running normally and smoothly and get it regular that's going to help that process even you know even as we Mm -hmm. get closer and closer to the show so uh, I thought that was really cool I was like wait that's awesome like I didn't even know that it had those benefits like you said we've always just been recommending it for bladder problems um, and like urgency and frequency and IC and bladder pain but it's like now every time somebody comes in I'm like okay here's what I want you to do. Like, I don't even need to know your problems. Number one, I want you to drink water. Number two, I want you to drink aloe vera juice. Number three, get up and move your body. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure you're sleeping. So it's just like, it, it has just become like one of those things where we just routinely recommend all the time now. Typically, I will tell people if they struggle with constipation, because usually when you see aloe juice in the store, you can get whole leaf or inner filet is kind of what I've seen the two choices. And I, if someone tends towards constipation, I say get the whole leaf because mm-hmm. that's going to have the more the fiber type things. Yep. It's going to act yep. more like a laxative. And for someone who's like, oh no, I tend to have the opposite problem. They don't want any laxative type effects. I will recommend the inner filet one and it just has less of the the things that have those laxative properties. And I don't know that I've really ever had anyone be like, oh, no, that gave me explosive diarrhea and it was off. I've never no. had anyone have a problem no. with it. Yeah, and that's, so. that's usually what we see sometimes with, um, you know, interventions whether it's, you know, if we are on the constipation side, a lot of times the interventions and the medications that we use kind of kick them into diarrhea and vice versa. If we're a little bit more on the diarrhea side, the medications that we use can kind of kick them in, into constipation. And so sometimes it can be a fight, but with aloe vera juice, like, like you said, we've never, ever, ever had that problem of, yeah, you know, I've been constipated for a couple of days and then all of a sudden just like had that explosive diarrhea. Like that's, that's never, it's usually just like, yeah, no, I had like a really easy, normal, normal bowel movement and it also doesn't cause the bloating and like the Uh stomach problems that some of those other things even Miralax which is a relatively safe gentle Mm -hmm. laxative a lot of my patients that's what doctors recommend because it's like not a habit forming one and people will tell me I feel bloated I have these problems and aloe juice just doesn't seem to have Mm -mm. some of those problems now sometimes it's not strong enough for some people depending on what's going on so this isn't for every single person this doesn't replace you know medical care from your doctor you can't just drink out just you can't just be like well i have cancer and callie Callie and rachel found one study that said (laughs) so i'm not gonna take my other medications i'm just gonna drink aloe (laughs) i'm just gonna drink aloe this is not it's not again this is not medical advice i cannot stress that enough that this podcast yeah we've said that before we'll we'll say say it again we're not Number one, we're not medical doctors. We're physical therapists. And this is not medical advice. This is information that we find that we're sharing. This is not a prescription. This is not for, this should not replace your doctor's prescriptions. Mm -mm. This is just information. This is information. That we think everyone should have. Yep. So 
Yep. Um, one thing that I also found is, and we haven't really talked a ton about it. Have we done an episode on interstitial cystitis? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I know we did. I think it's been a while. We didn't really talk a lot about what's called Hunter's lesions. Um, but a lot of the research that I found kind of brought this up, especially in IC. Um, Hunter's lesions are basically source in the bladder, um, and they actually occur in about 5 to 10% of people with IC. And so this aloe vera juice can actually help to heal those lesions Um, and it can lower the risk for UTIs. Again, not only do we have anti-inflammatory properties, but we also have some antibacterial properties as well um, that can really help to minimize and reduce the risk for infection um, and really ease a lot of that bladder pain and discomfort. So I've told people aloe vera juice does what you think cranberry juice does. Yes. Yes. The cranberry juice is a myth. Aloe vera juice is not. We have the research to support it. That's amazing. Like, I love that so much. It just like when people come and they're like, I'm drinking the ocean spray because I have a UTI. I just like cringe because sometimes a urologist in town that I trust will recommend a specific time Mm -hmm. of pure cranberry juice for specific conditions. And that is appropriate. But nine times out of ten, the ocean spray or whatever, mm-hmm. cranberry juice, it just, it's not. Well, I had a patient, This was, and this was a while ago, and I think I've talked about her before. I think she was my patient when a while ago. Um, but she came in, she's like, I am in so much pain all the time. And like, I have UTIs all the time and everything like that. I'm like, all right, like, let's go through everything. And so turns out she was taking like cranberry pills and drinking cranberry juice multiple times a day and just like cranberry 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 like everything there was like multiple cranberry supplements that she was taking kind of almost like prophylactically because she was like I'm trying to prevent these UTIs but they still keep happening and I'm just sitting there and I'm like I want you to stop all of that Mm-hmm. I want you to cut every single thing of that out. I want you to drink water and aloe vera juice instead. She came back to see me like two weeks later. She's like, I'm fine. Like <laughs> literally, literally she had, we had cut out everything and kind of told her like, okay, a lot of that cranberry juice is really just probably just some extra sugar and you're not getting the same properties that you would, that you think that you're getting mm-hmm. and aloe vera juice is actually going to do a better job with it. And so, yeah, so she had done everything and she literally came back to see me two weeks later she was like I have had zero pain and she we were at like eight out of ten pain and she was like no I have zero pain I drink water I haven't had that feeling of a UTI of like cramping or frequency or urgency or anything like that Um, and literally all we did was just cut out all the cranberry stuff and add water and aloe vera juice so didn't even touch her pelvic floor didn't even touch her pelvic floor I think I did once and I was like yeah you're a little overactive but this is what's going to help you the most yeah so the great thing about aloe vera juice is that it's cheap it's accessible um, you can find it at the grocery store you do not need to order it online this is not some like crazy health food supplement that you're gonna need to go to like a compound in the middle of nowhere trying to find um, you can find it it's at walmart it's at united supermarkets that's a really popular grocery chain here i don't know if it's at anywhere else like kroger or meyer or anything like that um but it usually won't be in the juice aisle it's going to be over in like the health vitamin supplement I've aisle. Seen it in walmart yeah 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 it's in walmart um yep. but just 
like dosage wise, just a couple ounces yeah. for a glass of water. Like you do yeah. not have to, it's not like a juice mm-hmm. where you drink a whole glass. You just need a couple ounces. And I always recommend yeah. start less and then build yeah. up. So I drink four. Yeah. I drink four ounces and I mix that with my greens powder and glutamine as well with a little bit of water. And let me tell you, my digestive system is firing on all cylinders (laughs) it is the best thing that has ever happened so it's yeah you really don't need a bunch um and it can also be taken in pill form as well there are some pills uh some pill forms of it that you can take i typically recommend the juice just because it does tend to get into the bladder and the digestive system just a little bit better i feel like it just just digests a little bit well and you get a little bit more of the like soothing properties with Mm -hmm. the juice than you would with a pill there are a couple times when you wouldn't want to use it sometimes it would be contraindicated some things to be careful for obviously or be careful of if you have an aloe allergy yeah please don't take it if you're allergic to it um or if you're allergic to any plants of that family garlic onion and tulips so if you're allergic to that you're probably going to be allergic to aloe the second one and I don't know what other, the research I have on this is dated. The, the, what I found was from 2008. So talk to your doctor about this, but this says it's contraindicated during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So it says, do not use aloe vera as a laxative during pregnancy because it might pose some per- potential teratogenic, which just means it can be harmful, harmful to, to the, the fetus, to the baby and toxicological, toxicological. Toxicological. You're doing great. I'm not doing well. (laughs) Words are hard. We have coffee coming. Don't worry. I can read a word. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that word is. Yeah. And then then you ask me to say it. Not a chance. Toxicological. 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 It's toxic. (laughs) It's toxic on the embryo and fetus. So uh, pregnant. Uh, if you were pregnant, I personally would stay away from it unless you've talked to your doctor, unless your doctor's like, no, here's this research that came out that yeah. was outdated. Your OBG's going to know. Mm-hmm. And it, I, t- I tell pregnant people, your OBG's the authority. Yes. If I say something and they contradict me, you go with what you they said. You go with that. Yep. Because they they know what they're talking about. So if your OBG's like, no, take this specific aloe, it mm-hmm. doesn't have that, go for it. Um, if you have renal or cardiac disease, you want to be careful. Some people with a prolonged use of aloe vera latex, which is the aloe vera latex has a um, associated risk of watery diarrhea, which then can result in an electrolyte imbalance. So we want to be careful there. And then there are some drugs that they say aloe vera may alter electrolyte balance, such as diuretics, corticosteroids, things like that. And so you just want to, if you're on any kind of medication that has anything to do with cardiac, renal, anything that would affect electrolytes or anything like that, talk to your doctor before The one you, that prescribed you yes, those medications. Yes. Yeah. Again, this is not medical advice and this is not appropriate for everyone. This is just a great supplement and we had new research and we wanted to talk about it. We recommend it a lot. So again, this is, this is a supplement. This is, this is not 
this is not required. This is not necessary. This is extra. This is on top of you drinking your water, getting exercise, getting enough sleep and managing stress. Those are, those are your main goals. Those are the main things that you need to do. This is just a little bit extra. I ran out of aloe juice like three years ago and I haven't taken it since. And I don't have problems with constipation. So it's not like, oh, if I don't drink allergies, juice, you're going to be constant. No, it's just not at all. Some information. It's just, just a extra. PSA, just, right? Yep. That's what we're it's, here that's for. That's what we're here for. And it's a really, really interesting drug. Or not drug. It's a really, really interesting natural remedy to a yeah. lot of different things. Yeah. And I tend to, I think as physical therapists, we're all about the body healing itself, yep. right? Like yep. we don't prescribe medi- medications. We don't do medical procedures mm-hmm. were all about helping the body heal itself. Yep. So we tend to lean towards some of these more natural remedies. I think that kind of tends to appeal to us a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And so I always like to see, well, what's the most conservative, most natural thing we can do? I understand that medications are necessary, surgeries are necessary at times, but I always like to see like what's the most natural conservative right, thing we right. can do. And that's why this I think is so interesting. So research yeah. the stuff on your own. Yeah. See what you can see find. What you think. Yep. It's pretty good. And you can even make it at home. I found a website that shows you how to make aloe vera juice at home. So like if you have an aloe plant and you're like, you know what, why would I buy it? I will link that recipe um, on our Instagram when, uh, when this episode releases. So, um, and literally all you need is like an aloe leaf and a blender and some water and you're good to go. Wow. So yeah, it's, really it's pretty cool. cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll post the video, um, and the link to that recipe, but yeah, if you've got an aloe plant just sitting around at home and you can spare a leaf or two every now and then, make your own aloe vera juice at home. My husband's parents have aloe vera plants. They have two. I think someone gave them to them. Their names are Alice and Vera. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing. I need to tell. That's I hope amazing. my mother-in-law. This is one episode I'm like, my mother-in-law needs to listen to this. Yeah. She would find this so interesting. There's some episodes I'm like, please, <laughs> please don't. Please, Pam, do not listen. But this is one I'm like, this will be a good one. This is great. Yeah. Oh, well, that's wonderful. So yes, this is just, this is an extra, this is a supplement. This is just cool research that has come out recently um, that can really, really help. Again, we thought it was interesting because we always hear of using aloe on the skin for burns and skin irritation, but it helps so much on the inside as well. So So your PSA is do some research on aloe vera and see maybe you have something that it can help with. Maybe you're a type two diabetic. Do some research. See if you can find something more current than what we presented. Yeah. I don't know. Talk to your doctor. Maybe give it a shot. So we love very it. fun. We love it. Rachel, do you have a board question for us? I do. I do. Okay. Your board question. This is coming from the app PT365. This is the, that's the app that gives you like a daily board question and then tells you all about uh, why you got it right or wrong. It's great. Um, so this question is a physical therapist reads in the medical record that a patient sustained a grade one cystocele. Which organ is most associated with this condition? So we're looking at grade one cystocele. Which organ is most associated with this condition? A, the bladder, B, the uterus, C, the rectum, or D, the small bowel? The answer is A, the bladder. Anything that's got that prefix like cyst, C-Y-S-T, is usually related to the bladder. The uterus, that's literally just called a uterine prolapse. Um, if it was the rectum, that is called a rectocele. 
and if it is the small bowel that is called an enteroseal those ones are actually pretty rare um but i've yeah. never seen that i've never seen it i haven't either um and kind of in the description of this question it basically it kind of goes into that's why one of the other reasons why i love this app is because it goes into once you review the question it gives you a little bit of background and then it goes through each answer choice and says this is why this is correct and this is why these other ones are wrong and so talking about the enterocele, um, it basically says that this is mostly common in women who have had a hysterectomy and without that structure of the uterus for support, the small bowel may actually descend into that pelvic cavity and rest on the upper portion of the vagina, creating a small bulge. Um, these are kind of hard to see. Usually when we have that, um, that vault prolapse, they're kind of tricky to see, um, especially because we, when we do our exams, like we don't have lights, we don't have stirrups, we don't have speculums it's literally just a finger and so if we're looking at anything sometimes it can be a little bit hard to see and kind of hard to tell where exactly that bulge and protrusion is coming from um, but and it's usually associated with something else like there's usually other prolapses involved as well yeah. with that too but but yeah good so that's question your, yeah that's your question that's your question fantastic do you have a patient win I do this one was so fun I got to see a first time mom. She came to me not quite 12 weeks postpartum. I think we were nine to 10 and she was a runner. So you bet I was excited. And she was like, I already listened to your podcast. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to be running 12 weeks until 12 weeks, but I did run a little bit and she was having a bunch of tailbone pain and just some, so it worked. I was like, listen, if you will do these things for the next couple weeks, I was like, just bear with me. I was like, you can walk all you want. We can do some strength training. And I love my runners, but they hate strength training. They really do. I don't, I, I'm just like, you, they were like, if I had told her, I want you to go dead sprint 10 miles, she would have given her it immediately. Her all. But I'm like, I want you to go pick up weights. And she's like, immediately. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, and not I feel really. the same way about running too. <laughs> not really. She was, she's fantastic. But we started doing some things, got that tailbone pain under control, and she just ran a 10K with no problem. That is fantastic. No pain. And she is... And she's, I, what, she said so she's, what, like six weeks She No, when she came to see me, she oh, okay. was. I gotcha, We're I past gotcha. that 12-week okay, mark. Good. I think she's... 16 weeks postpartum okay. and she ran a 10k somewhere That's in there awesome. I don't know I don't have the chart with me but somewhere in that range I mean not very yeah. far postpartum at all and ran a 10k, ran a 10K. Just, like it's wants to nothing. run a half marathon soon and I just was I just love the motivation and she told me when I saw her she was like I do have a gym membership now I am gonna start the train beautiful training. beautiful because she wants to run this half marathon with a stroller and I was like listen if you want to run at your, we was like, we've got to supplement with some strength yeah. training. Yeah. And so she was like, I know, I know. So I think, I think we got her on board. It just, Perfect. runners crack me up. Cause you like, you give them a running plan. They're going to double it. Like whatever, Literally. but you tell them to pick up one weight three times a week. Absolutely not. Out of the question. They're like, that is cruel and unusual punishment. And I'm like, no, no, it's so okay. Funny. It's funny. It'll it's be relevant. Good. It's going to help the running. You yeah. got to like paint everything in this running light. Yeah. You're like, yep. I'm like, it's like running, but if you were in place and doing it with your and arm. Doing it with your arm. <laughs> That's how that works. 
Oh man, do That's you have hilarious. a patient win? I know you have a yes, patient win because so you've been excited so excited about this one. It literally, like, she told me this, and I wanted to like burst out crying. So, um, I've been seeing this patient. She got. Uh, I think I started seeing her in October or November of last year. She was a few weeks into her first pregnancy and was already having a lot of pelvic girdle pain. And she had been having a little bit of pelvic girdle pain before she even got pregnant. Um, And so then, of course, the hormones and the laxity and the pressure, all of that just kind of added and compounded onto her pain. And so we worked a ton on stabilization. I saw her pretty consistently throughout her pregnancy. She was feeling so much better. Um, literally like the last couple of weeks she was like, I mean, I really feel fine. And so we started working on some birth prep, some core activation and some pelvic floor relaxation, working on that in different positions and like all of the things. And so she, I finally got to see her again when she had her like six week follow up and, um, checkup and everything. And I'm like, okay, tell me everything. How did it go? How are we feeling? Tell me all about the labor. She pushed four times, four pushes. Now is it, was this her first baby? This was her first baby. This is her first baby. And so if you're a mom of multiples, you know, typically that first baby takes a long time. The second, third, fourth kids, they tend to come pretty quick. Once that labor starts, that labor is pretty quick. No, four times, four pushes, does it. That was it. She had two little baby stitches and she goes, she goes, Rachel, I've had migraines that were worse than that labor pain. (laughs) I love that. And so, and and she was literally like, she was like, it was because like, I did everything that we learned in here. I did everything that you taught me. I got into the position that was comfortable for me. Um, and, and we kind of talked about that, um, a couple weeks ago after Callie took that, that class, um, all about like birth prep and everything of like, okay, well, if you have SI joint pain, maybe don't give birth in these positions and try this position. So we did all the things we did, the perennial like massage and stretching and everything like that. She had two little baby stitches. That was it. And she literally literally was like, Rachel, it was nothing. She was like, I literally have had migraines that were worse than that pain. She was like, it was because of everything that we learned in here. And I was just like, I just wanted to cry. I was like, that is the most beautiful thing that like I could give to somebody is, you know, something that is kind of touted as like the most painful, unbearable thing in the world. She's like, no, I pushed four times. I've had headaches worse than that. I, and I I hate, I hate it because I'm like, I can't, we haven't had babies ourselves so sometimes it's hard but Callie refuses to get pregnant and I'm really upset with her (laughs) I've seen a huge (laughs) comment I'm just gonna ignore that a a big (laughs) common denominator when you teach pregnant women how to activate their core and push with their core because a lot of the cues a common and Rebecca talked about this and something I've heard from patients they get told push like you're trying to poop and And that's that's not and if you can teach them how to activate that core and now we've got abdominals helping Mm -hmm. uterus push baby out instead of just a bearing down almost valsalva type maneuver I've seen it multiple times moms have an easier time laboring yes and especially when they get to that pushing stage when they know how to breathe and push and work with their body and so I I think that's really really interesting and I'm very interested I'm like when we do have babies to be able to like put all that together like it gave me so much confidence too because I and I've talked about it before I have raging baby fever like 
raging. And I'm like, this has done nothing to help with that because now I'm like, well, great. I know it's going to be over in like five minutes and I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to know exactly what I need to do to have this child. And then I'm going to want 12 of them. Okay. But every birth is different. Except for every true, person true. and you can do all the things and do all the therapy and still have to have a c-section or still have a hard labor and that okay, doesn't that mean <laughs> that doesn't mean you didn't do everything right it just every labor is different and every- well and that's the other thing too I'm like even if I have like the most excruciating pain and I'm so uncomfortable and I have a terrible pregnancy I have four other pelvic floor physical therapists <laughs> that work two feet away from me and be like hey this hurts will you help me <laughs> Yeah. So come and see us because wow. we love it. We love it so much. We love it. We, we love have it so, so I much. love treating, especially after I used to have a harder time. I used to not love treating the pregnant population mm-hmm. just because they scared me because I didn't know. I feel like I just didn't know. And then I took yeah, the class yeah. and it, I learned so much and it gave me a ton more confidence. And now I love treating pregnant it's women. It's so much fun. And I, and I think that it helps them so much too, because so many pregnant women have just been told like, oh, well, that's just a part of pregnancy. You're just going to have to deal with this. This is just going to be part of it. And we're over here like, no, no. <laughs> let's just do this, do this. And they're like, but what if the baby's in the way? I'm like, I will shove it out of the way. The amount of babies that I have just pushed over in the abdomen so I can feel what I need to feel. It's not scary. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. It's all, it's all good. And rarely do I see someone who I don't even care how far along in the, pr- very rarely have I seen someone and they not got better. Exactly. At yeah. least some, like we teach, yep. if, even if I don't change anything physically, we can mm-hmm. teach you strategies to move and do things that will help reduce your pain yep so I don't care if you're nine months pregnant and you're like I can only have one visit before I give birth great come in we'll teach you some things I'll spend all the time with you that we can yeah so and it doesn't matter if it's your first baby or your 17th did you have something make your overactivity worse uh yeah my sacrum has been the most torted bone oh my goodness I texted Callie on Sunday I'm like I help me tomorrow because I'm dying so Friday my left sacroiliac joint has been hurting so bad the last couple of weeks to the point where like first thing in the morning when I'm trying to get dressed like I can barely stand on one foot to put my freaking pants on and so I've had Callie and Alita look at it a little bit and my sacrum has just been super super rotated so Friday (laughs) Friday, I, Alita asked me to work on her neck. And I was like, yeah, if you work on my sacrum. So, you know, deal. We get a twofer. And so she goes to adjust, like goes to look at my sacrum. And she's like, Rachel, this is one of the worst rotations I have ever seen. Alita has been doing this for 20 years. And so for her to be like, this and doing is one this of the, well. Yes. And like, so she was like, this is one of the worst I've ever seen. She goes to put pressure on my sacrum on that left side to get it back into position. And she like not even pressing hard, literally just kind of taking up the slack. And it clunked. And it was the loudest pop I have ever heard come from somebody's sacrum, let alone my own. And she was like, she like kind of took her hands off of me for a second and I'm lying down on my stomach and I just start laughing because I'm like, that's hilarious. But also that already feels 10 times better. And she was like, that was the loudest, most aggressive correction I have ever heard in my 20 years of practicing. Rachel, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I feel great now. (laughs) So it's been hurting a lot. It's gotten better. 
after after that and after doing kind of some stabilization things i've used my pelvic wand i've done all my stabilization exercises i'm trying to be a good patient so it has gotten a little bit better but dang it's not comfortable it has nothing to do with the fact that you started with an instability and you've been doing 45 minutes on the stairmaster with what are you talking about uneven weight distribution on unilateral limb stands surely surely not unrelated. surely not unrelated, unrelated. <laughs> what made your overactivity worse oh my gosh do i have something that made my overactivity worse okay so we decided like we're adults now we're gonna get a king size bed like you know we ordered a king size headboard from amazon and this is not a sponsored ad in fact i'm upset because it <laughs> Got came in like the front part just busted wide open and so it sat in front of our front door like with the front part busted wide open and it was heavy so we carry it inside and we get it into our home and Carson my husband goes there's a scorpion Mm-mm. in there Mm-mm. and when I say it was not like this tiny little this thing was two and a half to three inches nope. it was large set it on fire it was large and I'm like okay I'm not afraid of bugs. Like I don't love, like I don't want a scorpion hanging out in my bed frame. I literally just saw this girl pick up a dead bug out of like out I, of our clinic with her bare hands. I, I was like, I wash my hands after. <laughs> they don't, bugs don't bother me. Like any kind of anything in the rodent family and I'm done. But a bug, it's fine. A scorpion, I was unnerved, but I was like, I'm going to get this thing. So, cause I was like, the alternative is it crawls up in there and now and this, lost this, this is our house. Like, what are we going to do? This is not a cheap headboard. So I go to the kitchen and I get a pair of kitchen tongs <laughs> and it's just hanging out there, like facing me with its little stinger. And I grab it with the kitchen tongs, but like I have packed some of the packaging material and the scorpion <laughs> and it's like stinging the tongs with its little <laughs> tail. It's like thinking it with its little stinger and so now I just like have it and I'm standing there and I'm like I don't know what to do because if I let go it's gonna run back into the packaging and I don't have a good enough grip to kill it so I made my husband go get a kitchen mitt and I used tongs and a kitchen mitt to like maneuver the scorpion off get it on the floor stomp it kill it get it out of the house get it all cleaned up we like shook the box sprayed the box and then terrifying burn it down yeah burn it down we're also in the process of moving so we didn't want to open it until we got to the new place so Carson had like I mean that I don't know that we're going to be able to get into it now because he is like put a garbage bag over the entrance entrance and like taped everything up it's like sealed off like we're gonna need yeah I don't know how we're gonna get that open now the kitchen tongs just (laughs) remind me of that episode of Spongebob where Mr. Krabs is like he's like ravioli ravioli give me the formula I did not like that when it like started stinging Mm -mm. I was so freaked out I was set on fire and that was the first time I had seen a scorpion like in real life I don't think I've seen one yeah I just I don't know if it's because we've been had a had a lot of rain I I don't know why there was a scorpion but then I was like what else is in there but like I said we kicked the box we did a lot of things we almost were like should we just leave it outside and I'm like no we paid too much (laughs) he's like should we send it back or should we have Amazon send us another one and I was like I we're it's fine we're just not gonna mess with it I'm just so over all of it so that 
Oh, my pelvic floor was in my throat. Ugh, I can only I, imagine. I was quite obnoxious after that. I was like, I will now only be referred to as Scorpion Slayer. Thank you <laughs> so much. You have to introduce yourself as that for our next episode, please. And Done. thank you. Amazing. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope this was fun and informative. Everyone's going to go go buy some aloe. There's yep. an aloe shortage yep. now. <laughs> You're welcome. But that is all we have for this week. So... We will see you guys next week. Goodbye.